I often heard certainly about people when they have cancer that it's like this transformative experience in their life and they look at their life differently and I was really happy with my life before I got cancer and I didn't feel I needed a transformative experience so you know I know some people do find it's a time to kind of consider where they're at in their lives and do great career changes and stuff like that Um, and I thought should I be doing that you know I'm Fiona Tiernan and I've decided to put together a Dragon Ball Racing team for women who are recovering from breast cancer. So Dragon Boats are 40 feet long. They take 20 women um, in the boat to paddle the boat and they're fantastic, they're fun and um, they look very dramatic. They have a dragon head at the front and a dragon tail at the back. Someone sits on board as well too and beats the drum to keep the um, paddlers in time as well too. There are about 150 Dragon Boat Racing teams around the world and our team will be the first Irish team. This is a kind of a strange venture to take on. There's a lot to be done to achieve it. We don't have a paddle, we don't have a boat, we don't have any money. (laughs) I recently met with a friend of mine, Marion, to see if she she took up with us and I'm not sure if she knew what was uh, ahead of us. Fiona came over for a coffee, which I innocently thought was a coffee (laughs) and a chat and just mentioned it. And I thought, great. And of course, I'm one of these people that thinks great. And I'd sit around talking about it for months on end and not doing anything. Hadn't realised Fiona was the opposite, who just went gung ho straight into it. She had said, you know, are you interested? And I kind of said, yeah, but I hadn't realised how involved I'd become. Been to see her. She said yes. I gave her a present of a little dragon. I'm not sure if that won her over or not. It was quite pretty and very colourful. Um, it was just, uh, well, I suppose she's just one of those people that you can't say no to. One condition you can get if you've had your lymph nodes removed is called lymphedema and it's a swelling of the arm on the affected side of, of your body. It's kind of uncomfortable. It doesn't hurt. But dragon boat racing, the, the kind of paddling that you do has been proven to be quite um, effective in managing the condition if you get it, but it can also prevent you from getting it if you've got a propensity to get it as well too. So it's April 2010 and now's the time to actually try and, if you call it, recruit women to the team. So we've decided to put on an open day and... We found a fantastic venue because we do plan to have our boats in the Grand Canal Dock Basin and the Waters Island Visitor Centre sits right out on the water. I've managed to persuade them to give us the use of the premises for um, an open day. Okay, well, we're here, (laughs) we're ready to go. So um, let's just have fun today and thank you so much again for taking us on. Okay. As we come together as a group, as I say, you see friendships growing, but also what I'm noticing amongst ourselves is like, if you call it spontaneous support in some ways. <laughs> well, they can't see us, so I'm tall, I'm slim, I'm gorgeous. And available. <laughs> and available. <laughs> and I'm going to have amazing biceps. Oh, yeah. yes, and when I have my reconstruction, they're going to be... Pointing up rather than down. (laughs) (laughs) To fight gravity. (laughs) I have more now than I had before. Did you have two? You had two reconstructions. I did. I got breast cancer twice, so I've had two mastectomies. And did you lose your hair the second time as well? I didn't really lose that much the first time. Really? Mm. All right. 
I was bald the second time. But I never got so many compliments about my hair as I did when I was wearing a wig. Oh, my wig and was I thought, too. I think I'll keep my hair shaved and just wear the wig. And I'll save a fortune, the hairdressers. Mm. <laughs> I, I was born with, you know, that Irish black hair. So by the age of 30, I was white. You know, I'd been colouring it all my life. The wig was a dark brown and very similar to my own hair, but it comes already shaped and it stays shaped and you just take it off your head, rinse it and dry it overnight. I know, so handy, And no conditioning, no... (laughs) Oh, no... No maintenance. No maintenance, so it was fantastic. Gosh, the open day went amazingly. We had about 120, I'd say about 120, 130 people showed up. Well, I guess we've all started off with strangers. Um, and it's been, like, nice to meet people. Um, Dimpna came along kind of early, very tall. It looked kind of a sporty person. I suppose that's what my assessment is. Maybe when people are coming along, well, that one's sporty, that one's not. Because I'm looking for the not-so-sporty so I can sit beside them on the boat. <laughs> so I'll have some balance. I was diagnosed with breast cancer age 43, so I've but just over six years over it now. But I was, it was a very busy time because I was also, I used to play basketball an awful lot, it was a huge part of my life and a lot of friends do that. And uh, so I was busy working all the time and playing basketball and having, generally having a great time in my life. I think most people, to a certain point, you think you're invincible, you think nothing's ever going to happen to you. So you, you, sort of, you don't think things are going to happen to you, basically, you know. I got the diagnosis, I just remember going, what? I was like, so suddenly something had taken over my life. It's like a member of a secret club that you don't really want to be in, but you're in it now, you've no choice. Joanne um, comes from a teaching background. She's probably one of the younger women in the group. Um, so uh, not that we aren't energetic, but she's bouncing full of energy as well too. So um, it's it's been great to meet with her. For any woman going through it, I think for me personally, that had to be the hardest week waiting to find out had the cancer spread. I think that was probably that was probably the worst week of my life to date. And then I had to tell people. The words come out, but you don't actually realise what you're saying until you see someone else's face. And they're looking at you going, you have what? What's wrong with you? No. You know? Gloria's really stylish. She's got she's very bright and vivacious and stuff like that, and it's been great to meet with her. I never felt why me, and in a way, in an extraordinary way, I thought perhaps this is a gift. You know how we all have plans about what we want to be when we grow up and the things we're going to achieve and where we're going to go and what we're going to do, and then you get into your fifties and you're hit with something like this and you think, well, I haven't done this, I haven't done this yet, I haven't done this. So I thought, well, maybe this is going to be a springboard for me maybe going off in a new direction. That hasn't happened yet. June now and um, we've worked on a name. We've tried to kind of make it very Dublin so we're going to go with Plurabelle, Plurabelle Paddlers. 
we're still fundraising furiously. Uh, however, the good thing is I have managed to track down what must be what I think are the only dragon boats in the country. Um, the University of Limerick Activity Centre in Killaloo um, have offered us the use of their dragon boats. So we're going to go down for a weekend and um, have a go on these dragon boats and hopefully they're not going to sink. <laughs> I heard they're not in great condition. Everybody and uh, welcome to the probably the first ever dragon boat training of Pluribel paddlers, and probably the probably the first proper course run in Southern Ireland, I suspect. Unbelievably, I found out that there's a woman living here in Carlow, of all places, who is a top dragon boat racer, and without hesitation, she's agreed to become our coach. But anyway, it's so fantastic to see a bunch of women out on the water. And it's absolutely great having a whole female helm course to run as well because actually very few women do helm. But um, I think women are ideal for helming because we're generally lighter. We're generally more intelligent. Um, So um, we have the ability to make the boat sing down a course. She's lovely. She's really great. She's quite tiny. So I don't know if I was expecting somebody big and um, beefy, if that's the wrong way to say Okay, anyone dragon boated before? No. One. Here comes a swat. Ah. (laughs) Anyone swum before? (laughs) Well, we won't be swimming today, I hope. We hope. So it's Loo, and I've got some great news to share with the group, so um, I'm dying to see their reaction when I tell them. Okay, I just want to say I have some fantastic news. Oh, yeah. But I got a call last week, and it's kind of unofficial, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The HSE no. are going to give us €10,000. Oh, it's from the Health Promotion Unit. And not only that, they're giving us another €10,000 next year. So, so it is really fantastic. We're going to be ordering the boats next week. When I hit what I call the brick wall, I started putting on weight. So that was a horrible time from about October to February, March. I did feel like a lump because I was craving everything on the planet that wasn't good for you, like fries, chocolate, um, potato and butter. You know, all these things that I... Normally would I only have a moderation even at any time of my life. And the weight just piled on. And it was, I don't know whether that's caused by the treatment as well. Um, So I was in a pretty dark place. And when I had the surgery, I have to say the breast care nurse was fantastic. The night before the surgery, she talked to me about how did I feel? And I said, look, I'm just dealing with one thing at a time. So I'm having the mastectomy. I'll deal with it. And then the next stage, I'll deal with it. I was I was on a need-to-know basis. This is what I can deal with today. And that day after the surgery, she came up to me and said, had I thought about when I look at it? And I said, no, I hadn't. And she said, well you need to think about it and prepare yourself. And I said, look, you're here now. 
stay with me while I have a look. And she did. And I looked down and I saw this mess. And I thought the surgeon needed some sewing classes um, and hoped that whatever, <laughs> that it could be sorted out. But I just seemed to accept this is what it's going to be. What are we now into the third week of August, second slash third week of August? The boats were ordered um, and we're expecting them in early September. Guten Tag, ich will auch um, Andrea sprechen, bitte. Sie sprechen Englisch, nein? Uh, hello, hi. My name, my name is Fiona Tiernan. I'm calling from Dublin in Ireland. We have an order for two dragon boats in with you and I was just checking um, a few things. I don't know if you would be able to help me. Yes, when, when, when will they be ready for shipping? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you will be shipping them on the trailer, on the road, not in containers, isn't that right? Okay, thanks, Shin. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Been so young, and we never even thought about it. That's at that stage, it was just kind of getting the um, dealing with the cancer, getting the getting the um, lump removed, and getting the chemo to kill the cancer. So I never didn't think anymore till um, was the next time um, I was going, and someone was saying to me, um, something that was, <laughs> I was going to the menopause, and I was going, what the menopause? And he goes, oh yeah, like that triggers from. Like having the, the chemo like that, that triggers early menopause. And I go, me, menopause. Sorry, sorry. I said, are you saying I'm the, I can't have children? Yes. So that's kind of feel a bit robbed that way. That you, you can't have, you can't have children. We're here at the Grand Canal Dock Basin and we're waiting on the big truck to bring in our big beautiful boats and it's, you know, a bit exciting. I'm feeling a bit on the giddy side and nervous side. Um, will the darn truck fit through the gates and things like that? Oh, sounds like a truck! Oh my God! <laughs> so here it comes. It's very trucky sound. Oh, good grief. Good morning, Hi, sir. Nice to you? see you, Tom. Good, good. No, he's going to back up that way. Yeah, the one is straight. Door's open. And they're pink and blue. And they're pink and blue. And there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I see a dragon head. I see a dragon tail. Sparky. Oh, this is beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Oh, God. 
paddling. We get it. wrecks your head. It, 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 I don't know if other people said this, but it, it takes like part of your, your memory away. So you don't know. Half the time you don't know what your name is. You can't. You forget words for things. Oh, it's just unbelievable what it does. And they call it chemo brain. After all, the nurse might say, to, oh, you have chemo, chemo head or chemo brain, they call it. And uh, it comes back eventually, obviously. It's hard for kids because I don't know if they fully understand. But again, they're, but they're resilient. <laughs> my five-year-old watched a lot of television last summer. I'd lie on the so- sofa with her and she'd lie down with me kind of thing and we watched watch telly, kind of endless amounts of telly. But you do, you know, you do what you can. And, you know, I was six when my mother died and she'd been sick for quite a few years. And, like, this was the... She died in 1970, so it was actually quite emotional. But she died in St Luke's where I had my radiotherapy and the week I finished was her the 40th anniversary of her death. And like that creeps up on you. But, uh, so yeah, to have a child of a similar age and think that you mightn't be around, that, that can be difficult. But I actually, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think like that. There was kind of the moments... But it does, it does affect, I know, my brothers. I found it hard to tell my brothers. I have four brothers. But you still, I suppose, you've got this gap in your life and you'd hate your kids to have it as well. So, um, yeah. And even though you have your family and support, but it's you, it's your mind, your body. And that is the, the hardest thing. And you do go to a stage where... You do, you do feel alone. And it's a horrible thing, feeling alone. Even though you're not alone, but you are actually alone dealing with it because no one can get inside your, your head. <laughs> but that was the frightening bit too, actually, that lonely feeling, that no one could, no one can get there. Pink boat paddlers in the water. Pink boat okay. paddlers. Two, 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 the boats are here, they are gorgeous, and now all we have to do is start training. Um, we're planning a launch event in October, so we need to get a few sessions in to uh, make sure we don't whack into each other or into the pontoons when we're out on the water. Okay, pushes off from the side. Okay, paddling forwards. Are you ready? Attention, go! In, in. It's interesting because I'd be one of these people who wouldn't go to a support group type thing or I would have said I was one of those people. But it's amazing when you do go to some of these things that it's not about the illness or whatever. It's just about maybe you have something in common with people or, you know, you don't need to say to people things because they understand. What I want to do now, Oscar, I want you to start drumming at a very slow rate... And then I want you to gradually get faster and faster. Okay? Are you ready? Attention. Go. 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 Go
you just kind of get into the rhythm a little bit, um, even if it's the wrong rhythm sometimes. <laughs> and it, where we are, it is beautiful. So, you know, you, get the, you can hear the water lapping, you can see some birds, you can see other people on the water as well too, looking at the hills, looking at the sky, you know. So, um, yeah, you're just kind of um, absorbed by what you're doing, you know, and connecting to, you know, what's going on with others in the boat as well too. Yeah, so it's lovely. To give you some idea, the top um, sort of Asian cruise would be paddling at 120, 130 strokes per minute. So it's like boom, 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 boom. And they're perfectly in time. And you do get very wet. for me, it's it's yes, it's certain. I do realise now. Um, I've had relations with you know. I've been dating a few times since, and I've gone out with various people. But it is, in, in for me, it's a big issue in the back of my mind all the time, and it probably has been holding me back. To meet someone new, and I think up to this, it's been a big thing for me. Like it was the first thing on my mind all the time. I meet someone, and go, how can I explain to him that I've had breast cancer? I mean, whereas it shouldn't be the big, the first thing you want to get into. But the whole body image thing, it's, it's huge, you know. And I think also in society nowadays, um, it's probably more because a lot of women te- or men and the people tend to rush into the um, physical side of a relationship much earlier than maybe years ago they didn't. So it is a big thing and you're thinking, OK, what, where do I go with this? You know, and how, how soon do I say what? You know, and it is a big thing. So, um, but I just remember one of my friends, I remember this saying to some of my friends, I said, what am I going to do? I'm never going to have sex again. What am I going to do? And uh, they were going, don't be. And one of the girls was saying, oh, for God's sake, look, um, Carrie in Sex and City, she never takes her bra off. I was going, yeah, but you're missing the point. <laughs> you know, when do you say it? When do you not say it? How are they going to take it? You know, so that's hard. And I just, I think there is somebody out there that will understand it and accept it for the moment not the minute they just don't understand what it's like you know I just have to keep going till I meet the one that does <laughs> hey other boat we've had a request from in our boat they want to challenge you trying to race, it's all about timing, all right? We've just put the boats in the water for the first time. We got both boats in. It was nerve-wracking, and um, we had a lot of fun. And sure enough, Marion got us racing, so um, 
I think I lost this time, but I'll be keeping score, so I'll have to pay her back. That's another thing hospitals don't warn you about, that lots of people cope very well having the treatment, but then when the treatment finishes, you can go into a, a depression. And I found one day, I remember meeting my sister in town for lunch, and, and she said, what's wrong? And I, was going, I couldn't speak, I started crying. She goes, what's wrong? She goes, what's wrong? What's happening? She was in big pain. I said, I don't know. When I... But it's so common that when you finish everything, suddenly the hospital says, we'll see you in three months, six months, and you're out on your own. And you're going, what now? Who's minding me? Who's keeping an eye on everything? And, you know, what happens if I get a pain here? And you don't really know what to do. And, and people used to say, to, oh, you finished. Oh, you're great. You're better now. And, and yeah, in your mind, you're, you know, you're thinking, OK, I'm finished the treatment. I should, I should be better. I am better and it's gone, you know. But, uh, but you, st- you try to get back into normal life. But life is it's like the new normal, you know. And you have to learn to adjust to the fact you've had that. Like everything... It impacts on so many different things. Even You can't ever forget. And if people say to you, forget you've had cancer, you can Look, I'm sorry. It's always there somewhere in the back of your mind. Um, I realise now I was struggling. And, and I never, I, I, in the end, I gave up my job because I was very lucky in the position where I was able to leave my job and take medical retirement. <laughs> and you get it and you go, the idea. I, I just want to know one thing. I never want to work five days a week again. Because I realised for, I don't know how many years, I used to work, I started a Saturday job when I was 16 still at school and I always from that time I always worked had some job right up until this you know I was always doing something but a job dictates your whole life you know that my whole life was Monday to Friday you knew where you were going to be and planning this and And my greatest pleasure in life I still get excited is not setting rarely setting an alarm clock when I do set one it doesn't matter because it's not it's usually for something nice that I'm doing you know what I mean so it's it's, I know it sounds ridiculous but it's great just waking up when you wake up definitely I just realised that um, life is very, very short. You know, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen from day to day. It's definitely made me um, a stronger person. And um, I don't worry so much about, about things. And I just take things day to day. And uh, just the time is precious. And uh, I enjoy myself more so. And I spend time with, with the people that matter, like my family and my friends. And I think that's the most important thing. And I literally do just take it day by day. Just... Enjoy life. It's changed me as a person. Um, I just... I think about myself more. And, and it's, you know, they call that a good selfish. Because I was always running around for people and always, you know, doing things for other people. And now I say no a lot more. You know, which which is a huge thing for me because I wouldn't say no to anyone about anything. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. You know, and I find that if something is bothering me or if, if I'm having a rough time, I, I'll actually just come out and say it instead of just getting on. You still get on with it, but you just say, OK, look, I'm having a rough time. I'm not able for this at the moment. I have to look after myself. And people are fine with that. They always are, but you never think that. You know, you think that you have to keep going. You have to just... But you don't. I was expecting that life-changing flash of something that you'd go off and do this mad life-altering thing 
I'm, I'm still waiting for that. I think we, we, we need to realise more what we have been through and what we've come through and that we're still here and we're as strong as ever. I think every now and again you need to stop and go, wow, I did that. We're ready for official launch day and we all look fantastic because Joanne took it on herself to organise these hoodies and they're really cool and she got my name on the back so I'm one of the coolest. (laughs) Um, They're lovely, they're a really strong colour and uh, I think we look smashing so it's going to be a great day. We look like a team. There's all kinds of people, Edna, Laura, um, Therese, like very committed people who are prepared to show up to training yeah, I can see a whole range of different personality types and people are clicking, people are making friends. I see us as uh, forging together as quite a lively, fun group. Yeah. It's October 9th and it's our official launch day, so it's a very exciting day and believe it or not, it is a beautiful day. So we're going outside now and um, nearly everyone's on the boats already and I'm walking towards it and I'm going to be the last to get on, which, you know, it's it's daunting, it's exciting. I can't believe it's happening and everyone looks beautiful. It just is fantastic. And each of us have a pink carnation that we're going to, I suppose, cast onto the water after one of our teammates reads it's supposed to be a memorial honouring statement or prayer to remember women who have passed away or friends indeed who have passed away not just women any friends or family members who have passed away from cancer Today is a wonderful day of celebration for us in the Plurivelle Panthers Before we head off to Paddle we would like to take a moment to remember the members of our families and for some of us, our friends, who have passed away from cancer. We honour you. We love you. We miss you. That, that is a, a difficult um, thing to do, but we've chosen to do it because it's part of the circle of the life that we're involved in. We take off in the dock and it, it feels like we have left some kind of past behind and gone off by ourselves. I had the recurrence last year um, I actually have to accept that I have cancer I mean it's actually I have it so it's not gone it's not going to go but the way I look at it is I have a medical condition like having diabetes or having a heart condition that I have to control the cancer that I have so it, it's not going to go away it's not going to be cured but uh, I feel well I haven't asked what, how far into the future should I look you know and peculiarly it's I've come to be more accepting of life maybe that I have this condition I have to live with it and I have to manage it um, I suppose I don't want it to get the better of me so I'm trying to stay as well as possible and that's why I initiated the Dragon Boat Project 
If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.